Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. Wow, Isaac, that was an extremely interesting conversation we just had with David Silverstein. Um, what an interesting and intelligent individual. I, I learned a lot from him. I think I, I, it was inspiring just to listen to him talk. So uh, for all you listening, uh, get excited. I think he just exemplifies some really cool values in, a, in an industry that maybe make him stand out a little bit like a unicorn uh, to, to other people. Absolutely. We were just talking. I mean, he is, he is the Mike Leach of the contracting world. Um, extremely brilliant. Um, just takes time to figure out like what's new. How can I do things better? What are we doing wrong? Um, very innovative. I, I think they're going to love this conversation. So let's jump into it. Hey everyone, today we're joined by David Silverstein, American Home Contractors. David, thanks so, so much for taking some time out of your day and jumping in with us on the podcast here today. Yeah, no problem. Glad to be here, Michael. Well, I always like to start these with just a quick little elevator of, you know, who is David Silverstein and where is American Home Contractors? What kind of contractors are you? Uh, so I'm going to give you the floor and kind of give us the high level of who you are and what your business is. And then we'll we'll get into some good questions after that. All right. <clears throat> that sounds good. So I'm David Silverstein. I'm with American Home Contractors. I'm one of the owners. We are a remodeling company that focuses mostly on roofing. We've recently added solar to the mix, and we service the Virginia, D.C., Maryland, and Pennsylvania markets. Is there anything else I right. to go through? No, I think that's perfect because you, you opened up a door for me to jump into. I think solar is probably... Um, it's it's hot topic right now. I think people are just starting to get into the solar world. Uh, tell me a little bit about what went into that thought process for you guys as to, you know, why now was the time to get into solar, those kind of things. Uh, and then I'm sure I'm going to have more questions because uh, I'm intrigued by the solar industry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I noticed that the solar industries and the roofing industries were merging. Uh, ever since a few years ago, when Tesla came out with the solar shingles, solar tiles, um, you know, the writing was on the wall. Everyone laughed at them. Everyone doubted them that they were, you know, they weren't going to have a product that was going to disrupt the industry. But I think that they're very, very talented. And I think that um, solar and roofing are definitely, they have been merging for a while now, but 2021 is the year when I think that the solar roof is going to be the killer product out there. I think with the Biden administration and other things that are going on, um, you know, there's a lot of green narratives. There's a lot of incentives to go solar. And I think that uh, this year in particular, a lot of the people that are replacing their roofs are going to be considering going solar. And with the integrated products out there, Tesla being one of them, GAF also has a product and a few other manufacturers are developing things on their end. I think that the trend's only going to continue. And I think that if you're a roofing contractor and you're not paying attention and you're not getting into solar, 
Oh, man, I definitely wouldn't want to be in that situation come, you know, a few years from now. That's for sure. So I think probably one of the biggest things that these contract roofing contractors are, you know, pushing back on solar is just the pure unknown of it. You know, they they know how to go and sell a three tab or a laminate or, a, you know, wood shake or a tile roof. And this is completely new to them. How much of a learning curve was there for you guys uh, and your team when you said, okay, we're going to offer solar um, solar roofing uh, products, shingles? Um, was it an easy thing? Did it take a lot of time? Was there buy-in on your team? Like, What was that process like for you guys? <laughs> oh, man. It, it is definitely not easy, and we're still learning it as we speak. Um, it's something that's constantly evolving. The technology is incredible. Um, so with the integrated systems, there are solar companies that are getting involved. There's roofing companies that are getting involved. Uh, from the feedback I've received, the roofing companies are actually adopting the technology better because they understand roofing. They know how to dry a building or a home in for the uh, waterproofing components. Um, just learning how the electrical components work is the learning curve for a roofing contractor as opposed to a solar contractor. They have to learn roofing, you know, from the ground up. And they're used to installing rack systems. They're used to, you know, waterproofing the penetrations that go through the roof with the, um, the rack systems that are more typical in the industry. But a roofing contractor can look at the problem, figure out solutions, um, intricate flashing details, you know, where walls and penetrations, skylights, chimneys, valleys, certain things like that are just really hard for solar companies to wrap their heads around. And the training that goes involved um, into these building integrated photovoltaic systems is pretty intense. Uh, GAF has a great product, the DecoTech. It's uh, integrated panels, which is a lot easier than the Tesla solar roof. Uh, the panels that GAF makes, they attach directly to the roof deck. You install underlayments to make sure everything is waterproof under the panels themselves because the panels themselves, they shed water, but water will get underneath the system eventually, you know, through moisture, wind-driven events, uh, ice, stuff like that. Um, but the panels themselves get flashed around like a skylight. So that was where we started. We started with the GAF DecoTech system because it's much easier. Um, I put it on my house to begin with, and we had a trainer come down from New Jersey, and he helped us out. And, you know, for the most part, it was, it was a long day, but it was still only a day install you know, from start to finish. So fairly easy. We did have a good team of guys there, probably 12 or 13 guys total on the roof, learning the product. Um, but again, the learning curve for us was the electrical, trying to figure out how to connect the panels, the stringing, the grounding, all that stuff was very foreign to us, but waterproofing the roof was second nature. So that was where we accelerated, you know, making sure everything was watertight, no worries there. Um, you know, just connecting and making sure things were run properly. That was the biggest issue um, to overcome with the Deco Tech system. Now, segueing in from that, we did do a few installs last year of the Deco Tech system of various sizes. Um, we first, we first 
noticed Tesla really getting into the space at the IRE in 2020, the International Roofing Expo. It was in Dallas and we traveled down there and during the keynote speech, my partner and I were sitting in the audience and I was going through the program, checking out um, who the vendors were that were going to be there. And I saw Tesla. Tesla Energy was going to be there. So, you know, my first thought was, wow, you know, Tesla's here. I guess it's going to happen. So Tesla was the first booth we went to. Um, you know, second was Company Camp. Definitely you know, <laughs> made my rounds over to Company Camp's booth as well. But uh, went straight to the Tesla booth and wanted to find out why they were there and what was going on. Um, there were a few people already there that beat me. Um, but there were two representatives there that working the booth and they were showcasing the Tesla solar roof product and they were introducing the product to roofing contractors and they were signing roofing contractors up who were interested in offering the solar roof product in the various markets. Well, that was right before COVID. Um, that was, I believe in February. So we put our name on the list. We submitted our information and didn't hear anything. You know, everything kind of shut down. Everything was radio silent. And, you know, we kind of thought, all right, well, you know, hopefully one day, eventually that'll come to fruition. But we focused on learning more about solar. We focused on the GAF Deco Tech system, working with GAF Energy, who's been a great partner, and really trying to get ourselves to the point where we could start to offer solar as one of our product service offerings through our company. Um, it wasn't until about June where Tesla reached out, things started loosening up again. Um, and they basically reached out and said, Hey, you know, we want to get you guys involved. We want to show you a roadmap to becoming a certified installer. So that piqued my interest. I went back and forth a couple of times, submitted some surveys, reached out to various people over there. And they mentioned to us that we needed to secure three jobs in order to become a certified installer, they would help us with what we needed as far as training and education and, you know, sales and marketing literature and all that. Um, so we, we did secure three jobs rather quickly. Um, as you can imagine, it's a very popular product. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like the white elephant out there. If you see a Tesla roof, you know, take a picture of it, share it with people because it's not overly common out there right now. It, it will become more, more commonplace as more and more people get it installed. But it's funny, every, every Tesla roof we do, we install it and the neighbors walk outside, they look up, they, you know, have to do a double take, you know, what is that? You know, we get approached by people in the neighborhood constantly. Um, it's, it's a big conversation piece, but um, we did secure the three jobs and we went through and it was a huge learning curve. Tesla did provide a trainer on site, which was great. Um, you know, without the trainer, I don't know how we would have been able to do it. But with, the, um, with COVID, one of the obstacles we had to overcome was we had to build out a home training kit in our warehouse. And prior to COVID, Tesla's plan was to have contractors who are interested in becoming certified to fly out to California, work with their team of trainers on their mock roofs, and, you know, install the product, break it down. A few contractors um, had the opportunity to do that before things locked up. We weren't one of those contractors. So we had to build out the, the mock build, the home training kit in our warehouse um, with really rough plans. 
Um, you know, Tesla sent us over this plan of, hey, the roof has to be X amount wide, X amount deep, this pitch, um, you know, secure the, the framing members. And, you know, there was a lot of hoops to jump through. But, you know, it's a, it's a, lot, it's a big barrier to entry getting into solar as a roofing contractor and the Tesla product is it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, you can tell that the engineering, the designing, all the, the work and effort from their team that went into this is amazing. And they even have a proprietary brake for bending up the uh, ridge and hip caps. Uh, I don't know who designed it, but it's, it's incredible in itself. And you can kind of see with the literature and the stuff online. I mean, this is, this was thought from the ground up first principles thinking, you know, which Elon mentions a lot in his speeches. And that's kind of his mindset of how he tackles and approaches problems. So, um, you know, thinking about a roof that generates power, you know, they didn't look at the asphalt market. They didn't look at what other shingle manufacturers were doing. They thought from the ground up, what do we have to do? What does this product need to be? So we really appreciated that when it came time to perform the exercises on the home training kit and do the exercises that are required to pass their training, um, their training courses. So you need to do the training courses. And then once you do the training courses, you submit the um, information virtually over to their team. They sign off on it and say, hey, yeah, you guys are ready to go in the field and install. You know, and you also need to go online and, um, you know, do a little bit of uh, training online as well, some online courses, just to get some basic understanding of the product. And, you know, if, if you think that the stringing of regular panels is difficult, stringing uh, PV tiles is really difficult with the diodes, the um, MCI, the rapid shutdowns that are involved in it. I mean, it is just, it, it took a while for us to wrap our head around it. So, yeah, it definitely was e extremely challenging for our team. And we still have people today in our team that can't wrap their head around it. Uh, um, you know, until you touch the product, see the product, feel the product, um, you know, me talking to it conceptually, it just goes in one ear and out the other. And that's kind of, unfortunately, what's happened to a lot of our team um, that haven't had the privilege of going on the roof themselves and playing around with the product. And it took us three of those jobs to, before we were really comfortable doing it on our own. And eventually we segued into doing the jobs by ourselves without a trainer. And here we are today as a Tesla certified installer. That's awesome. Um, one question that I have is because I, I talk to contractors all day, every day, and we're talking about about probably the most extreme of technologies with this Tesla roof. And the product I'm talking about, Company Cam, is probably one of the conceptually most simplistic tools out there. Obviously it does a ton for you, but it's pretty simple. And I, I hear all the time from contractors, you know, Michael, that tool looks great. I, I wish I could just get my guys to buy in and use company cam. You know, I, I hear it all, all day, every day. If only I could get my guys to use it, that tool would be great. And here you are installing Tesla roofs. How difficult was it for you to get buy-in from your team to say, you know what, this is going to be challenging. It's going to be new. It's completely different than what we've done in the past, but we're going to do this. Was that a difficult, you know, battle for you uh, as an owner? Uh, as as far as adopting company cam no, into the no, company? 
no, if, uh, getting them to buy in the Tesla, you know, installing Tesla roofs were going to be the way you guys go. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Change change is difficult to implement in an organization for sure. Um, most people don't like change, even if they say they do. Um, their actions speak louder than that. Um, when you try to when you try to tell people, Hey, we're going to have some drastic changes this upcoming year. And just trying to be honest, you know, solar roofing, they're combining, we're going to get involved with, um, some pretty well-known manufacturers, Tesla being one of them, um, who are promoting products that are satisfying this solar roofing merging of the industries. And yeah, I mean, it took a while for our team to kind of wrap their head around what does that look like? You know, partnering up with Tesla, what is that? You know, Tesla's a, a, an enormous company, uh, especially compared to a lot of the companies in the roofing space that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. You know, it's just, it's the 800-pound gorilla out there. So, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Tesla, with the vehicles and the technology behind that, which is amazing, by the way. Um but they couldn't really understand what it meant to work with Tesla as far as roofing goes. You know, what is it? What do they have that's so good? Um, you know, and a lot of people, when you they hear that it's a glass tile, the initial reaction is, what? You know, a glass tile? You know, how do you walk on it? How does that, doesn't it break if you step on it? What happens if you drop on the ground? You know, how difficult and challenging it is going to be. And then to figure out, you know, how it goes together there's different size tiles. Um, some of the tiles have photovoltaic built into them. Some of them are inactive. It's just plain glass. And, you know, the team had a hard time figuring out how this was going to go together. And a lot of people on our team who come from roofing, traditional roofing backgrounds, um, you know, they weren't overly excited when they saw the product because it's completely different. You have to kind of retrain yourself to think about roofing and waterproofing. And, you know, we had to, we had to work with the team to get the buy-in. Hey, look, there's going to be light at the end of this tunnel. I know things are going to be challenging. You know, early adopting is not easy. It's not for everybody. You know, once the product becomes more prevalent and, and Tesla has built out more of their systems and processes and figured out a lot more of their logisticals, then, yeah, I mean, more and more people, I think, will be more receiving to, um, sign up with Tesla and start to offer that product as well. But yeah, I mean, our team, again, they, they come from traditional roofing backgrounds and even if they have some metal experience some tile experience, um, you know, the Tesla product is waterproof underneath of the tiles. You know, the underlayment is what makes the roofing system waterproof. So just wrapping your head around that easy concept was hard for a lot of our team because they're trying to make the tiles and the flashing at the tile level a hundred percent waterproof. And you just can't, it's got to rely on what's underneath of the tile. So yeah, that was one of the most challenging things from the installation side of, side of it. Um, on the sales side of it, very difficult. Um, you know, the pricing is, as you can imagine, it's a little up there, you know, it's, it's marketed as being slightly above the price of going, traditional asphalt and solar panels on top, but it depends on the complexity. Some roofs that are simple, you know, an up and over rancher, um, you know, might be that case. Yeah. It might be a little bit more to go Tesla solar roof versus asphalt roof with traditional panels on top of that. 
But if you have valleys and hips and it's steep and you have a lot of things going on, a lot of penetration, yeah, the price can can quickly jump just because the labor involved to put that system together goes up a lot. Okay, so I've, I want a quick question here and then I want to get into something else real quick. Um, but that last piece there where you're talking about, you know, the... You know, the more more complex the roof is, obviously, the more the price is going to climb. I think every contractor, especially in the roofing world, has had something where they bid it and it turned out to be more complex than they initially expected, and they maybe took a loss. How how did how well did Tesla go about helping you guys with that from a pricing standpoint? Of like, hey, David, this is you know this is how much you're going to want to charge on this type of a roof. Were they good at helping you there? Did they kind of just let you, let you swim on your own and see what you figured out? Uh, well, Tesla is a great partner. I will say that they provide a lot of support and we have great representatives working with us from their team and they are very intelligent. Um, you know, it's, it's a pleasure working with them. So yeah, there's never a situation where I feel like we're out on our own, um, we do have to abide by Tesla's pricing guidelines. Mm-hmm. So whatever price that we come up with is, you know, more or less approved by Tesla because mm-hmm. it has to fall within their retail guidelines. And on the first few jobs and the jobs that we're currently doing right now in bidding, um, they're heavily involved, each and every single one of them. You know, we send over the, the Eagle View measurements. We send over the details. Sometimes our rep actually interacts with the customers themselves. You know, we try to make sure the pricing is understood. It's transparent. And, you know, at first, yeah, it was difficult to try to price these out because you have to figure out what your labor is going to be. But uh, doing a few of these now, you can more or less figure out what your crew is capable of doing in a day, um, depending on the steepness and the complexity. So we've had projects that were, you know, four days. We've had projects that were eight days and a few in between those days. So, you know, I think we've dialed in the, the labor requirements and the materials. Tesla provides us with accurate material pricing on every single project through their design phase. So before we even bid out the job, we used a, um, well, we currently use a, a cost estimator that they built out through Excel. We input the, uh, the measurements, we input the electric bill so that we can system size it properly and it spits a number out for the materials and then we're also able to enter in our labor and figure out you know how many days it's going to take times our labor rate and come up with the material and labor price our direct cost and then just supply the appropriate margin on it Um, i will say that the margin on the tesla solar roof is not as high as maybe some roofing projects or even like window installations you know windows you know, tend to have better margins. So it, it's not going to be attractive to every contractor, especially with all the legwork you have to put in and all the initial investment, because you do have to invest a good amount of time and some money to, um, to work with Tesla, go through the training, becoming a certified installer. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that we, we looked at it as definitely worthwhile and looking into the future, you know, with solar roofing being, you know, more, you know, more popular, we feel like it's going to be working with Tesla, that name recognition in itself, you know, has elevated our company, you know, Tesla, American home contractors, certified installer, you know, obviously that with that recognition comes great responsibility. So we have to hire, we have to hold our team to higher standards as well. 
as far as quality is concerned. No doubt. Wow, that's pretty cool to hear uh, new technology, David, that you're getting into. Uh, sounds like it's going to be just an awesome future there for you guys. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by Company Cam. With Company Cam Pro, you'll have access to everything you need to work smarter, not harder. Become a pro user today and get link sharing, customizable reports, and video. Download it now at companycam.com or in your app store. And now back with your host, here's Michael Gogan. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you made a great, great decision uh, partnering with Tesla. And the main reason is here I am. I'm a homeowner, David. I Before I got into the gig with Company Cam, I couldn't tell you the first thing about roofing. I probably still can't tell you much about roofing. But I've never once got up in, a, in the morning or been on a call and been like, you know what? I sure would like a new, you know, three tab shingle or asphalt shingle or whatever it is. I don't even know what I have on my roof. But this is compelling. Like th- this is a type of roof that people are going to get up and say, you know what? Maybe I maybe I do want a solar roof. Like and so I think it's you know, taking roofing from just a hey, when it needs replaced, I'll replace it type of thing to a want of I, I think I want this. So I think that that was a great decision. Um, and it kind of piggybacks me to my next question here. You've been, you're kind of an early adopter on a lot of things. Uh, one of the first 50 company cam users, um, one of the first Tesla certified installers for you, how important is it in a market, whether it be, you know, in the contracting world or just in the investment world as a whole, to really have your ear to the ground and, you know, stay cutting edge with things that are happening? Uh, well, it's extremely important to me. Um, trying to figure out where things are headed. I always try to look into the future as much as I try to maintain, you know, being present in the moment. I'm always trying to figure out what's around the corner and, you know, the trends because, you know, it's all about what's going to happen down the road. You know, where are things headed? Where's the puck moving? Not where it's been or where it is currently. Um, you know, so company cam, we jumped on board in 2015, like you said, one of the first users. And, um, you know, do you want me to go into a little bit of how we were introduced to company cam? You can tell the story because I think the story is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So we hired a technician and he came on board to our team. And, you know, we were going through the, the basic training on day one. And we told him how we capture photos in the field using our smartphone. And we upload the photos at the end of each day to Google Drive. And, you know, 2015, it was a lot different than now. We had data plans. We had limited data. And, you know, we couldn't let everyone just, you know, use the, use the uh, cell networks to upload photos because we would run out of data and the overages were tremendous. So we told everyone, look, you know, either come to the office or if you would prefer to drive directly to your house and you're willing to connect to Wi-Fi and you have high speed internet at your home, then upload the photos at the end of each day. Well, the technician came to me after the, the first day and he said, why are we doing things this way? And I said, what do you mean? Well, what other alternatives are there? You know, you want to use Dropbox? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, no, I, I, you know, at the a company I came from, we were using an app called company cam. 
And I was intrigued. I was like, all right, well, you know, I've never heard of this. I'm surprised that, you know, one of our technicians is coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, you guys aren't doing things how you should. I'm like, this is great. I love this. You know, I love when the team brings this up. So I looked in the company cam and I got a demo. And back in those days, I got to meet Luke early on the founder and we, we hit it off and we kind of went back and forth and, you know, he described the story of company cam to me and, you know, his father's business and all, all that good stuff. And I was like, all right, well, look, man, I definitely want to start using this app. It makes a lot more sense to take pictures in the field and have them upload automatically. So we don't have to have people going, you know, waiting a whole day before they upload all these photos because we were running into a lot of issues. You know, the photos weren't uploading correctly. They weren't going into the right folders. We were losing data. And when we started using company cam in the early days, obviously it wasn't like it is today. I mean, today the app is amazing and it was still much better than Dropbox when we started using it. But, you know, we had to go through a lot of growing pains together to get, you know, everything to where it needs to be. Um, but it was just amazing. Like we noticed efficiencies from day one and talking about adoption, that was really easy for the team to adopt because it's an easy to use app. You know, you yep. download it, you replace your normal photo app that's native to your to your smartphone. You click on the company cam app icon, you go through, you take the pictures and voila, as long as you geotag it correctly, there's really not too many ways to, to mess that up. You know, so we, we use that and, you know, Luke and I discussed early on, Hey, you know, um, I really like your company. I'm a big supporter. And if you guys ever go to raise money, I would love the opportunity just to be part of that ride. Um, you know, I am a diehard fan and, you know, I think you got something that's really unique and valuable to the industry. So, you know, fast forward a few years when company cam did the seed round and eventually the series a, I was able to partake in those, that opportunity. Luke reached out and said, Hey, you know, I remember you saying, you know, <laughs> if, and when we go to raise money, um, you would like to be involved. And he picked up the phone and said, Hey, you know, here's the opportunity. If you want to get involved. And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely believe in you guys. And that, that was an easy decision. And, Using company cam has been great. Um, we've taken advantage of a lot of the, the features since then, the new features that are constantly being built out. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of the company we are. We always try to see what's new, where things are headed. We revamped a lot of our um, CRM and internal systems, especially going through COVID. We adopted, um, you know, communication apps such as Slack, you know, that a lot of people in the tech industries are using already and have for quite some time. Um, but you know, it didn't seem like a lot of contractors were doing those things. You know, it seems like home improvement contractors are slow to adopt. And we look at that as a, a huge competitive advantage. If we can get in front of the curve, you know, not being too in front of it, obviously we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be in that situation, but as, as trends are starting to develop and the technologies are getting to the point where it makes sense to adopt. Yes, you know, we want to be involved with that. And we're constantly, every winter, we look and see what's out there, what we're currently using versus anything that else that we may want to consider. And we, you know, make those decisions December and January so that we can build out new systems if we want to entertain making any changes um, in February so that we're ready by March 1st. And, you know, that's kind of the unofficial start date for the season for us. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of, 
a lot of stuff there to unpack. I, I love the story about, um, you know, how, how company came, company cam came in front of you in the first time. Um, obviously you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm all in on this. I want to invest in it. Um, you, you seem like a guy that is big picture. You saw the big picture potential for company came. You see the big potential, you know, with with Tesla in the space. Um, is that how you look at I I don't want to like derail us completely from contracting, but man, investment is such a hot button topic right now. And we were talking offline about, you know, GameStop and Dogcoin and all these things like when you look at any investment, whether it be in your team, in your company, personally, are you always thinking big picture or, you know, is it more of a, yeah, let's take a gamble here and hope company cam does well type of thing. Uh, I have a very long-term horizon for investing. I'm not a trader and yes, GameStop as lucrative as it seemed to be and Dogecoin, um, you know, seeing those trends. Yeah. I mean, I saw Dogecoin heating up over the course of a few months. So, yeah, I mean, it would have been easy to throw some money down and see that go up eight times, you know, but that's just not the kind of investor I am. You know, whenever I decide to invest, it's usually for the long term horizon. I do have some speculative bets as well. Um, you know, Bitcoin, stuff like that, although Bitcoin does seem to be um, getting more adoption. And I think that this could be a breakout year for that cryptocurrency for sure. Um, especially as more high profile people are making it known that they support the cryptocurrency movement. Um, but for company cam, it was long-term horizon. You know, I look, I'm looking 10 plus years out for Tesla, 10 plus years out easily, if not 20 years, uh, American home contractors, our company that we own long-term 20, 30 years out. You know, I don't, the price today doesn't really impact my decision making. It's, you know, what is the price going to be long term? And even then, hopefully, you know, I don't have to sell any, you know, I would love to stay on for the long ride. You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a shift in mindset. There is no, I mean, I guess you could get rich quick, especially if you did, um, you did invest in game stonk <laughs> last year, you know, it then, yeah, I mean, you could have got lucky for sure, but I don't look at it as luck. I look at it as I want to invest in things I believe in. I believe in company cam. I believe in American home contractors and what we're doing, what you guys are doing. And I do believe in Tesla and their mission to transition the world to uh, sustainable energy. You know, I believe in all of those things. So, you know, I'm definitely willing to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah. And I love that. I think when I talk to contractors, I talk to oftentimes because to me, you seem to like where you said, you know, we analyze this annually. But we're annual. You're you're analyzing it for a big picture, and I, I feel like oftentimes contractors are stuck in one of two ruts. Whether it's oh, I'm, I got to sell five million this year, that's what I've got to sell, and you ask them, well, what are you gonna like? What do you want your company to look like in five years or ten years? And they're like, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm selling five million again because I want to sell that this year. And then you also have the ones that are, have the big picture plan, but then when you ask them, you know, what do you got to do this year to get to that big picture plan? I don't really know, but I hope. I hope we're doing 50 million a year in 10 years. Like it seems like you you've got a nice marriage of the two. Like, Hey, this is big picture where we want to be, but this is what we have to do this year or this quarter even to get us to stay on that pace. Um, 
so with that, I'm going to bring up my final question that I always ask. And it's always around, you know, if you could do something differently or, you know, if you could change one thing that you've done for you, I want to know if you could give one piece of advice for, for contractors in their business, whether it be short-term advice, long-term advice, what's that one thing that you wish you would have known five years ago, 10 years ago, um, that you now have adopted that's been successful for you? Uh, well, if I could go back in time five to 10 years ago, I definitely would have started investing in myself more heavily. So, you know, obviously there's financial investments you can put into investment vehicles, private companies, stocks, real estate, cryptocurrencies, you know, dozens of options there. But investing in yourself first and foremost is to me the most important thing. And um, you have to start with your health. You know, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You know, if you're not in good health, um, you're not focused on anything except for getting better. So you can't help other people. You can't provide value to the company that you're a part of. And you can't provide that much value to society until you, you know, you take care of yourself. So, um, you know, I, I had a mindset shift in... You know, I'd say probably a few years ago where I really doubled down on my health. I really experimented with diet and fasting and doing different things that made me feel better. Um, you know, I was never like a sickly individual, but there were times in life where I didn't take as good a care of myself as I should have, you know, smoking, drinking, you know, all the stuff we do in our twenties, you know, when we're younger, but, um, when I started really focusing on my health and making sure that I could think clearly, I could perform at my, my peak performance, that's when I started noticing um, incremental change, exponential changes, you know, to everything else. Um, you know, not just physical, but mental, you know, focusing on um, downloading good content, you know, in the form of podcasts, in the form of audiobooks, reading, you know, reading is so important, so valuable. You know, if you can take 10, 15, 20 minutes a day and just read, um, you know, read up on things that you're interested in, but also read up on things that you need to understand. You need to get a better understanding of, you know, for solar, that's how we got into the, into the industry. And that's how, that's what I had to do in order for our company to adopt that into the business. I needed to learn more about electricity and solar and uh, numerous things. You know, I didn't have that knowledge. You know, I wasn't formally taught those things. So I had to break out little pieces of my day and, and dedicate that time to learning more about it. So I would definitely say if I could go back 10 years, for sure, I would have started doing that a lot sooner. I would have recognized instead of going home and cracking a beer, just relaxing, you know, look, watching whatever TV show is on, I would have definitely used that time more wisely. Um, and today I'm much more careful with my time. I try to focus it in the right areas. Everyone's got 24 hours in a day. It's just a matter of how you use that time. And, you know, I start off the morning with making sure I can try to get some reading in, you know, and then I exercise. But when I'm exercising, it's more of my body's doing motions and my brain is just downloading content that I want to consume, you know, through podcasts and audiobooks. And when I'm driving now, I used to listen to music and just, you know, tap on the steering wheel. It was great. It's fun. Um, but it wasn't benefiting me. And I looked at that as an opportunity, especially commuting a decent amount throughout the week. I look at that as an opportunity to dive into audiobooks, um, 
you know, sometimes fiction, but a lot of times nonfiction on topics that I need to understand better. You know, I want to understand these, these things better. Leadership, management, working with the team, you know, solar, um, marketing, sales, anything. And I've kind of progressed over the years to different topics. And sometimes I'll come back to different topics. You know, um, fasting, for instance, you know, I got involved with that. I did a three-day fast just to figure out what that looked like and how my body would respond. And that was really interesting. I didn't realize, you know, how I was going to feel throughout that process. But again, it's one of those things where I just took the topic of health and nutrition and mental well-being. And I was like, look, let me see what this is all about. You know, before I'm a naysayer and, you know, kind of dismiss it as being crazy, you know, why would people go a prolonged period of time without food? That sounds ludicrous. Um, you know, I, I started to really look into that and, and recognize the benefits and see the science behind it. I mean, there's a lot of science behind fasting and insulin levels and all that type of stuff. I know we're going on a tangent here right now, but you know, if I could go back 10 years, I would have dove into these things a lot sooner than now. I'm glad that I've done what I've done over the last few years in these fields. And I can't wait to see, you know, what this year looks like and moving forward into the 2020s. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting. And it seems like we're moving so quick as a company and as a society. It seems like when I look back a year, I look at my old self and I'm like, wow, how different was I? What an idiot, you know? <laughs> and I hope that this same time next year, I look back on myself today and I say, wow, what an idiot, you know, how much I've grown. You know, if you're not growing every single year, you're not moving fast enough and you're not consuming enough raw material and processing that and, and learning from it. You know, it's just uh, it's self-development, really. Can I jump in and, and ask? I, I just have a really curious question. Hearing the way you talk about being a learner, being someone who like welcomes change, just new information, um, whether it's from the way you run your business or the way you invest, there, there just sounds like there's just a a really deep, like kind of in your DNA, I need to be learning, growing. And I think I'm just curious, you mentioned your, your health and that kind of being a shift for you. And I think you kind of talk about even just the pandemic being something that kind of incited some change. But as you look back, like even further back, is there just like places you look back in your life that you think just really instilled the value of of kind of the things you're talking about, whether it's a cutting edge thing or like a risk on this kind of a thing or seeing solar and roofing kind of coming towards each other like and, and wanting to bet on that. Is there is there pieces of your life as you look at it that like, yeah, I would actually point back to maybe it's this person or this, like a coach or like just mentor, like anything in your life that you're like, yeah, I feel like that, that kind of instilled that or is it just like a, that's just how David is? Well, I consume a tremendous amount of content every single week. And, um, you know, I do have close connections to people that I really respect, who I find are extremely intelligent. But, you know, to expand your inner circle, you know, the old saying, you are the, the closest people, the closest five people you interact with, that's who you are. Um, you know, I try to expand that so that I'm not um, restricted to just my geographical area of the people I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. So I try to expose myself to people out there um, through podcasts, um, mainly podcasts, to be honest, nowadays. I think podcasts are incredible. And, you know, just following certain podcasts, if there's a podcast that someone interviews Elon on, for instance, I try to listen to that, see what he has to say. Um, 
other people in the health field. I try to, you know, follow certain people so that I can kind of pick up on things and trends that they're following. And then that kind of leads to books, you know, usually on podcasts, people recommend books. Usually, um, you know, I, I usually follow, go down the rabbit holes, you know, when I'm talking to somebody or I'm listening to somebody on a podcast and it's like, all right, well, I recommend this book for listeners. And then I look, jump into that book, research the author. It leads me to other places. So I kind of just hop around. And again, it's changed over the course of time. So, you know, when I'm looking at the, um, the dietary stuff and the mental well-being, mental well-being um, that kind of stuff led me down a lot of rabbit holes to really interesting people that I started following on Twitter as well. Twitter's, you know, amazing. I don't really participate in Twitter. Um, you know, I, I, I watch, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching people on Twitter, but, um, I'm not like posting or tweeting or anything like that, but I follow some of the main people and I learned a lot about investing that way as well. Just following, um, people that are heads of VCs, VC firms, angel investing. You know, there was a while there where I took like a couple months and I learned more about angel investing and just, you know, and that was, that was around the time, um, coincidentally, when Luke reached out about the, the seed round. And I was like, wow, you know, that's kind of ironic because I've just been following Jason Calcanis and angel investing, you know, on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, right. You know, I know some of the terminology. I can speak the lingo. I, you know, understand pro rata rights and all that. And, you know, I guess some some events in my life that led me to researching those things, like uh, a while back, um, probably like 10 years or so ago, I was hanging out with my wife at home and she was like, you know, we were talking about investing and, you know, she's like, oh, I don't know anything about investing. I can't do anything with that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know too much about it either. Um, oh, well, you know, I guess we'll just kind of, you know, just float through life. And then I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Maybe I should... uh Maybe I should take it upon myself to research, you know, and understand that because nobody else is going to look out for you besides yourself, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, life is a single player game. Uh, you can have other people interacting with you throughout it and a, and a lifelong partner like a spouse. But at the end of the day, you are the, the single player, you know, so if you decide to hand your money over to a financial advisor and you don't understand what's happening or you decide to rely on your CPA or someone for guidance. You got to remember, they're going to look out for themselves first, and then they're going to look out for you. So you have to, you have to, you know, you owe it to yourself to, to understand things that you don't try to, at least, you don't have to understand everything out there, obviously, but things that are important, like your financial well-being, your investment strategies um, that are going to affect you long-term and your kids. Yeah. I mean, you're crazy if you're just, you know, giving money to someone out there and just hoping that they're going to look out for your best interest. Cause that's, you know, that's wishful thinking. Absolutely. No, I, a lot in that answer, David, but I think that's an awesome answer. And my, my brain just kept going to, and you know, you think about the sports angle and you think about some of the best in the, in the business. And I'm thinking Tom Brady and LeBron James. And when you're talking about, you know, you decided to focus on your health and you started investing in yourself and these things, like there's a reason that guys like Tom Brady and LeBron James are the best at what they do. And I personally believe that talent plays just such a small role in that. And it's all the other things that they've done in taking care of their bodies and, you know, becoming good leaders, all the stuff that you just kind of talked about there. And so 
awesome answer. Awesome podcast. I think that <laughs> we went a little over time here and I think it was the best amount of overtime we could have because yeah, just great stuff. So David, I really appreciate you jumping on with us. Um, I think this episode is going to be a hit and uh, we will get some more episodes up for you guys uh, here in the near future. So David, thank you. And we will see you guys all later. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. Thanks for your time. Big thank you again to David Silverstein from American Home Contractors. Pretty cool to talk about things coming down the pipeline in the industry, thinking about Tesla roofing and just the value of being a learner when it comes to how you run a business. Man, I love that conversation. Hope you guys did too. For Michael Gogan and myself, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time on the Contractor's Playbook.